0: Trees and the summer breeze. I felt it all with you beside me. The purple sun would set.
1: Welcome to this week's edition of the Wispy Mob Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series. I'm your host, Todd, middle initial C. Walker. Yes, that's right, it's me. And we have been listening to the song Nostalgia, which is the most recent release by a young lady who hails out of Middletown, Maryland. She's kind of like the wonder kid for the past couple of years. She won the Chords of Courage Songwriting Contest about two years ago. And she just, for those of us who were not aware of her, she kind of burst onto the scene. But she's been singing for much longer than just the past few years, and I am so pleased to have her on the telephone this afternoon. Sammy, how are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
1: I am well. This is an honor for me to speak with you.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, we're going to start off since we just finished listening to the song Nostalgia. That's your most recent release. And how recently did it get released?
2: Yeah, it was actually released April 24th, so about a month ago now, and I wrote it actually at the beginning of quarantine, just kind of, it started with me, like, just kind of playing around on my guitar, missing life as it was, and I kind of turned it into a relationship type of theme, and then the song was born.
1: Now, did you record it at home, or did you go to a recording studio? How did you come about doing that?
2: Yeah, I actually record all my songs in my basement at home, but I'm lucky enough to have a little setup and I use my Logic Pro X software and I just kind of record everything myself when I have the time to do so.
1: Now for folks who don't know what that is, explain to them and to me too, what your setup is as far as microphones, where does the microphone plug into, where does it go? How do you go about that?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'm not super like great at it. I have a Focusrite like MIDI plugin and that plugs into my laptop. And I use the software Logic Pro X, which is a recording software, kind of like GarageBand. It's the same. It's like more of an advanced GarageBand. I used to use GarageBand when I first started recording, but I moved up to Logic Pro. It's super user friendly. And yeah, I have a mic set up. Um, plugged into my MIDI and then it goes through my laptop and yeah, it's pretty small. It's not super glamorous or crazy. It doesn't look quite like a real studio, but it works for me for now.
1: Now, what do you have for a microphone? What do you use for both your vocal and your guitar?
2: Um, I use actually the same mic. I'm trying to get a, um, I can't figure out how to plug my guitar into the actual system. So I use a mic for now. It's a focus, right? Um, It came as like a package um, with the MIDI and yeah, I use that for my vocals and my guitar and then I mix it through the logic software.
1: Now do you add reverb on either your vocal or the guitar in like post production? Yeah.
2: yeah, I do that. There's like, I don't know quite what they're called. I'm not super experienced in that stuff, but I use, like, already set, like, for vocals, like, there's a thing you can use that's, like, female vocal, and, like, that, it'll go through that, so it kind of naturally adds reverb to it where I don't have to do much, so that's kind of convenient.
1: Now, how did you get started recording your own music?
2: I was lucky enough to have one of the best vocal coaches when I, so when I was 13, I started at, Frederick Rock School, Leatherby Rock School in Frederick, and my school coach Jamie Salviati, who's also in the Frederick music scene. She, um, when I started there, she encouraged me to start writing, and because I'd never really written songs before, I'd written a few, but not super professionally or anything. And then she actually had taught me how to record my own stuff in GarageBand, and I actually recorded when I was 13. I recorded my first EP, Broken Love, with her at rock school, and that's kind of how I got started. I, I started learning from her, and then along the way, I've looked up videos, and I'm actually going to take a course at FCC next semester, an audio production course to like learn more about it, because I'm actually super interested in it. It's a lot of fun to do.
1: Well, speaking of the age 13 and going to the rock school let's go way back before that how did you get started in music and which instrument did you start with or did you start singing one day and eventually you learned an instrument
2: yeah i actually i've been singing i grew up watching the show american idol on fox when i was um really really young i think the first season literally aired when i was like one so i grew up with that on the television so i always wanted to be on a singing show I always looked up to Kelly Clarkson. So I I was definitely a belter from a young age. And I always wanted to be a singer. And so I just sang all the time. I wrote poems and short stories, because I didn't know you could write songs like that wasn't in my mind yet. So I ended up picking up because I wanted to learn instrument when I was eight. So I ended up going into classical piano, which lasted about two years. And then my patience as a 10 year old grew a little short for that. So I ended up quitting that which I wish I didn't now because that would be really helpful but I still have some knowledge of it and then when I was I just kept singing I did theater in middle school which kept me I kept doing musicals so that kept me singing and I got the lead when I was in middle school in eighth grade in the school production which led me to go to rock school because I wanted to actually sing and do something with that so yeah I started with piano but then I moved into the rock school and did like keyboard and vocals. And then eventually I got to guitar.
1: Now, which production were you in, in, in middle school?
2: I was in Legally Blonde. I played Elle Woods, which was a lot of fun. I have really fond memories of that. That was so fun.
1: Well, that brings up a question. If you had to choose between, between doing theater or live music, which would it be?
2: Oh, live music. A hundred percent. I love theater. Um, I actually took classes in high school and I was in one of the productions, but I don't know. Theater's just not really my thing. I love it. It's fun, but I definitely prefer like live music. That's definitely the path I'm going down.
1: I always, I I haven't been in many theater productions, but it seemed like there were three months of lots and lots of rehearsals for only two or three performances. And then it was gone.
2: I know that that's exactly how it is. Like and tech week was always so stressful because it was like eight hour rehearsals for like one show.
1: That's right. And if you learn a song and rehearse it, you can sing it forever.
2: I, yeah, exactly.
1: So what, how did you transition from piano to guitar?
2: Well, I, it was kind of, I always wanted to play guitar. I just never like had, I guess the patience, but I didn't know where to start really. So I ended up keeping on with keyboard until I was like 15. And then one day I was like, I really want to learn guitar. So I sat down and I looked up a few videos and it, I've been self-taught the whole time. So I'm not the best, but I'm getting what I want out of it for sure. I wanted to be able to write songs on guitar. So I was, I love piano, but I definitely wanted to like broaden my knowledge on instruments. And I wanted, I really wanted to learn guitar. So I just kind of sat down. I'm a huge fan of Ed Sheeran. So I would just kind of watch him play and like try to copy whatever he was doing. But I looked up like tutorials and I looked up chords and I just kind of sat there and practiced the same chords over and over and over again until I could finally play them right. And then I started writing with those chords and then I moved on and learned more and more and more. And now I've gotten, I've grown a lot and I think I've played it for almost four years now. So I've grown a lot for sure.
1: Now the, of all the chords you've learned or chord progressions, I guess is the the better way to do it (laughs) or say it. Um, Do you have a favorite?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I think, um, my favorite is C because I like how like relaxing it is and it's pretty easy to play. It's not super difficult. So I think that would be my favorite. Yeah.
1: Now, do you, can you pretty much hit any key within reason? Like if you decide you're going to start a song in a minor, in a minor key, can you pretty much just your vocal is it able to do that or do you have to put a capo on sometimes to hit those
2: i well i can hit it if i want to but sometimes it's like i struggle so i do use capos for sure cuz sometimes the key is a little too low or a little too high and so i do use a capo i love a capo i love a good capo i definitely that was my saving grace when i was starting guitar cuz it made me sound like i knew way more chords than i actually did at the time so i was playing the same five chords So that was super nice to have. Um, Now I can like kind of not have to use one all the time, but I do love a capo and I do use it quite a bit.
1: Well, when you're famous, which hopefully is in the near future, right? (laughs) I hope so. Your fans are going to want to know what brand and style of capo you use because they're going to want to go out and purchase one just like yours.
2: Oh, wow. That's a good question because I don't even think I know the answer to that um my dad actually buys my capos um I he, I trust him he has pretty good taste in capos so far he hasn't really done me wrong um, I don't know what brand it is but it's I've, I have two so I interchange those sometimes
1: well that brings up a question since you said your dad purchases the capos for you is your family your, your parents are they musical
2: they're actually not super musical. They always get mad at me when I'm like, yeah, they're not musical at all. They, um, they sing and stuff. They're actually not bad at all, but they, they haven't actually, like, my, I think my dad played trombone when he was in, like, middle school, but they haven't, like, done anything musically. Like, my mom was in choir. My dad played trombone, and that was, like, it. They have. They don't, like, sing for fun or anything. They don't do open mics or, like, play a lot of instruments. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> now, did were they surprised... When you, at a young age, started belting out songs with this big voice you have?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I don't think they actually realized, like, what would come out of it, because I was an only child for eight years, so they kind of just, like, gave me the attention. I'm like, oh, you're so good, but they didn't, like, think anything of it, and then Lily came along, and she can all... My little sister, she's 10, and she can also belt crazy good, and so... Now they are stuck with two of us singing around the house all the time.
1: Now singing or belting out a song for the average singer like myself, that is not how we sing. It just doesn't come out that way. <laughs> is it something that you tried to do or is it just your natural voice?
2: Honestly, I it's kind of just my natural voice. I listened to like many female belters growing up. Like I, idolized Kelly Clarkson, Demi Lovato, Adele, all people who have really, really loud, amazing vocals, and they belt a lot of their songs. So I just kind of learned to sing by listening to them. Like, I would sit in my room when I was nine, and Rolling in the Deep was number one on Billboard, and I would just sit in my room and practice the runs and the belt for hours over and over until I tried to sound like Adele. So I kind of learned that way. I, that's how i naturally sing anyway it's actually harder for me to sing softer than it is like belt everything out so i guess that's just my natural voice
1: well i was going to ask you if you do change your voice for the song in other words if it's a song that would in your estimation might need a softer voice can you do that or is it you like to like them all to be right front and center
2: No, I for like for nostalgia, that's one of the songs I wanted it to be a little softer and not so like loud and aggressive. Um, I definitely I try to when I want to do that, I typically either mix my voice or go into falsetto. And I did that a couple times in nostalgia, trying to like not belt everything out super loud. So I can do that. I like belting a lot. I, I enjoy both. I don't really mind either way.
1: Does the belting tire your voice at all?
2: Yeah, it depends. So funny story, I just got sinus surgery. So in before that, it would really, really tire my voice out. Like I could do two hour, three hour sets and be fine. But I was usually like exhausted by when I stopped singing, like if I kept singing, I was fine. But when I stopped, I got really, really tired. And I couldn't breathe super well through my nose. Like I had part of my nose completely blocked off where I was getting like no air. So that was really hard. Now that I've kind of built up after the surgery, a stronger belt and it's way more healthy. So I don't get as tired, but I definitely stay hydrated the whole time, especially if I'm doing a, like a long set, I have to have water with me. If I belt any part of the song, I'm going to have to drink some after to make sure I'm taking care of my vocals.
1: Now, did the surgery change the timbre or the sound of your voice?
2: I, I don't know. I don't think it did much. If anything, it just actually gave me a little bit more resonance. So I was able to like have a healthier sound to my voice. Like I wasn't straining so much. Like now I, I have a, my range got a lot better after the surgery cause I could actually breathe. So I wasn't like reaching really straining for the high notes anymore. And then my lower notes have actually gotten a little better as well. But the actual sound itself, I don't think it changed much now.
1: It just kind of broadened what you already have.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, how long did it take to recover from the surgery so that you could begin to sing?
2: Well, I had a really awesome surgeon, Dr. Overman, and he got me. I was able to sing again. Not super crazy, like I couldn't sing for hours, but I could sing again within a week. So it wasn't bad. I didn't really have any... I didn't have a lot of pain or any issues really coming out. It was actually crazy because I got my surgery a week before quarantine actually started. So I got really lucky because I shut down like all selective surgeries procedures like a week after I had mine done. So I got really, really lucky with that. But yeah, it didn't take me long to recover. I'm like fully kind of recovered now and I'm back to singing, So,
1: And your breathing is easier through your nose.
2: Oh, yeah, I couldn't breathe through my nose before, like, at all. Like, I was almost like a full mouth breather. Not fully, but, like, it depended on the day. But, like, I had a bone spur in my nose that was, like, ca- causing me to have chronic sinus infections and, like, not have any air in through my left side. And it caused a bunch of issues, I guess. It was from an injury when I was a kid. But now it's, like, it's, like, crazy. I can really breathe, and it's, it's really nice, especially with I have a bunch of allergies, too, so now I can actually enjoy spraying.
1: <laughs> so are your allergies lessened now
2: the the side effects of them aren't as bad like before i in spring i was a, i was always got sick like i was always sick um knock on wood like i haven't had many issues with that since the surgery which is super nice i just have to keep up whatever allergy meds that i'm good so it's super nice
1: so it's almost like you're rediscovering your voice again
2: Yeah. And this time is like the perfect time to do that. It's I get to practice and really focus on getting what I want out of my voice and retraining it, and making it stronger.
1: Now, let's go back to you self-recording or recording in your in your basement. The Mm -hmm. when you and we'll just use nostalgia since that's the song we just listened to from the time you wrote it, how long before you started recording it?
2: Not long. Um, I maybe a day or two, like I immediately kind of jumped into the studio with this one. Cause I knew sometimes when I write a song, I like to like sit on it. Like I have a lot of songs that I haven't released. Like I have, I've written over like a hundred songs, but I've only released a few of them. But this one, I felt like it fit kind of the time right now. And I wanted to give my listener something to listen to because it's been a while since I released a song with honey. So I kind of jumped straight into the studio and started recording it i knew what i wanted it wasn't like a super heavy production i knew i wanted it to sound more acoustic so i just kind of came down laid the guitar track i did the vocals and then i added a few little things here and there and then i mixed it and then i was done
1: so you sing and play guitar at the same time or you track the guitar and then sing to the playback
2: uh yeah that's that's what i do right now i really want to get to the point where i can Play and sing at the same time in the studio because that's way more convenient time wise. But I like how it turns out when I track the vocal, um, I mean, the guitar, and then I do the vocal. So that's what I've been doing right now since I'm sharing one mic.
1: <laughs> well, that would make sense. Now, yeah. <laughs> you said you have not released many of your songs, but you have a catalog of a hundred or so. What is the reasoning yeah. behind not releasing more? Just time?
2: Kind of, I don't know what I want to do with all of them yet um there's some I might want to like see if I can pitch to other artists or keep for myself or try and do things like that there's also only so much I can do production wise and I, I've tried I've gone to other studios and like it was super awesome and a great experience but I, I, I like recording them myself and I definitely want to learn more about producing and what comes with that so I just kind of have been sitting on them, waiting to see what I want to do with all of them. And then the ones I do want to release immediately, I do. But I, I just kind of keep them and see, I'm, I, I guess I'm just seeing what happens.
1: Now, do you find that recording at home, it's a much more comfortable, you're more at ease than you are in a recording studio where people are watching you and you're somewhat on the clock?
2: Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, therapeutic for me down here in my basement recording. Cause like I have full control over everything and I get to just make the song sound exactly how I want it to sound, or at least with my ability production wise. And I just get to relax and do as many takes as I want and make it sound like how I want. But I do, I, I've gone to a few different studios trying to see if that was going to be a thing for me. But I don't know. I I enjoyed it. It was fun. But I do like the non-pressure, like stress-free relaxation of being able to do it all myself.
1: Now you mentioned earlier, and in listening to Nostalgia and also Honey, they are they are what many producers would call simplistic or unencumbered. There's not a lot going on. Yeah. The and you said you do you like that intentionally. The How do you arrange the songs? How do you go about choosing, well, gee, I really would like to have a bass part in that, or I might like a tambourine just tapped here, or maybe I would like a little percussion. Is it something that, does that come natural to you, or do you need help with that, with someone else who maybe can stand back from the song a little bit?
2: I do it, like, while, I do it myself, while I'm writing it, I have an idea of immediately kind of how I want it to sound, um, how big I want it to be, or how like, lay it stripped back I wanted to be. And with Honey, I kind of knew that I wanted to be, like, kind of with a beat, kind of acoustic, but have, like, a good feel to it. So I, I went in, and I always start with just, like, the guitar and the vocal, and then I kind of go from there and see, like, what would fit. I try out things sometimes with Logic has a lot of cool software on it where I can add instruments through my keyboard MIDI. So I can, I do that through the piano, And I, I just kind of see what I, what would sound good on it. I test things out and then whatever sticks, sticks and I keep it.
1: Well, now you, you, for the most part, kind of broke into the local acoustic scene by winning the Chords of Courage songwriting contest. How did that come about that you joined that and how did you get interested? How'd you hear about it?
2: I actually heard about it at school. Uh, One of my my history teacher at the time, he had a poster up for it. And I had had never heard of it. I had no idea what it was. So I went home. I took a picture of it, the poster. And I went home. And I went to the website. And I saw what it was. And I was like, oh, this sounds perfect for me. Because I had just written New Generation kind of with that mindset of the Parkland shooting. So I was like, oh, this, yeah, this, I want to do this. So I... Ended up going home, laying down "New Generation," and then sending it in. And it's it was a lot of fun to see what happened after that.
1: And if I recall, you were the first prize winner for the high school division. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then performed with your your backup band, which at that point was not your backup band, although it sort yeah. of became your backup band at the uh, Frederick Community College Cosmole Theater. I think didn't you for the the. Um... The celebration yeah. of the chords of courage.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I remember going to Tommy's house for the first time, and I I played with a band at Rock School like a few times, but it wasn't like the same. It was more of like a, an acoustic band, so I guess it is the same. But it was like I was with these mus- such talented musicians who had a lot of experience, and it was a lot of fun going in and them like already knowing the song. We got to rehearse it, and then playing it at the show was so fun.
1: For those pe- people listening who do not know who Sammy is referring to and I'm referring to, uh, she mentioned Tommy, that's Tommy one M Wright who plays percussion. And then there's uh Scott Barrett who played kind of rhythm guitar or maybe a little bit of lead in there. And then your hmm. good friend, Barry Bryan, picking up the bass yes. lines. Yes. And I'm actually looking at the photograph I took of you and your band and then you, um, Another photo I took at the now defunct Brewer's Alley Songwriting Showcase Concert Series. Oh uh, yeah, and the uh, and there's your band, and there there you are.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, I those guys are so great. I I love working with them. Um, and Barry's super awesome. He actually gifted me my Martin 00028, which I play on Nostalgia. So he's a good friend and mentor of mine.
1: Now is he kind of your go to? If you're gonna do, say, a showcase or something, is he kind of your go-to guy?
2: Yeah, he he usually tells me a lot about like different showcases going around, and then he we end up practicing and playing together. Um, Yeah, he's definitely my go-to. He helps me find shows, and he plays with me on stage sometimes. We have a lot of fun.
1: Now, if you were to have a backup band, big time, in other words, you're now a star. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> globally, I mean, are there okay. performers you would like or a band you would like to have as your background band?
2: That's a good question. I don't I don't know. I don't know any specific people. I but that would be awesome to have my own band and like travel with them and tour with them. I definitely want to like find them yeah i don't know any specific people i'd have in mind for that right now though
1: are there any bands that you are on your radar in other words that you love listening to or they've been kind of up front in your mind for many many years that and they don't have to be current bands it could be old time bands too
2: Ooh, that's a good question um well i listen to like a lot of like pop rock type of bands if i'm gonna listen to bands i actually listen to like majority solo artists but i know i love five seconds of summer they're super talented um i'm obsessed with their album they're really good um band wise i know harry styles is a really good band right now i really like the musicians in his band but there's not really yeah no there's not really like a band that i've been like crazy about i guess
1: Now, you mentioned the uh, Martin Triple O that Barry gifted to you. What is your guitar collection like? How many guitars do you have? What are they? What's your favorite?
2: (laughs) I have a few now. Um, So I had uh, an acoustic Fender before Barry gifted me the Triple O 28 for Christmas, like a a little bit over a year ago. And then my dad was like, felt kind of bad. So he ended up getting me um a few more to add to my collection because he also became upset obs- he can't even like really he plays guitar like a little bit for fun but he just like is now obsessed with buying guitars which is super convenient for me so <laughs> i he he looks him up he actually like does his research so i got after i got the martin i got another martin i forget which one it was we ended up um uh, getting we gave it away and, um, then I got a Takamine, I forget which model, but I really like the guitar, especially for outdoor shows. Cause it's not like thousands of dollars. So it's less like stressful to take out of the house. So that one's really, and it has really good electronics on it. So it sounds really good. in like any sound system. So that one's really nice to have. And then I ended up getting my Taylor, which I love that one. Um, and then my dad recently in quarantine bought another guitar and he got a Gibson. And I really, really like that one too. Um, my top three are definitely my Martin, my Taylor, and my Gibson. But I think for my favorite is my Martin because it has sentimental value to me and like it's really smooth to play. Like, especially finger picking just sounds so amazing on my Martin. Um, for, like, strumming, if I'm trying to, like, play, like, kind of, like, poppy, strummy patterns, I do like my Taylor, and that one also is, like, a really good kind of, like, outdoor guitar, because I don't like to take my Martin out of the house. And then I I really like my Gibson. I'm excited to see where I can end up playing my Gibson, but that one's really nice, too.
1: Now, your Taylor is one of the Academy series, because I've seen you perform yes. with that one. Which model is the Gibson?
2: Oh gosh, I don't remember. Um, one, my dad ended up getting it. I forget what he said it was, but it's kind of the same body as like the Martin. It's like a little bit smaller, um, same type of shape. I tend to like that body type a lot more. I just kind of lean towards it sound wise. So it's definitely it's really similar to the Martin. But
1: now what uh, I know the Martin, it's very traditional, and at, as is the uh, Taylor Academy series, they're both spruce topped. The, yes. um, how about the, the Gibson? Is it a natural top or is it a sunburst top?
2: I think it's natural. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. i I, I don't know too much. I'm not super guitar savvy or knowledgeable at all, but I I do think it's natural.
1: Now, do you have a favorite guitar string that you use?
2: Yeah, I love elixir strings, like, a lot. Barry got me onto those. He put them on the Martin when he gifted it to me, and I haven't strayed since. I really, really, really like those strings. Um, They're really – they don't hurt my fingers as much as some other strings because I would typically, like, if I play guitar a long time, whatever strings playing would, like, hurt my fingers. These really don't, and they haven't broken on me or anything. They're really nice.
1: Now, do you, when you strum the guitar, do you use a pick or just your fingers?
2: No, I just use my fingers. Um, I know a lot of people use picks. I, I don't know why I don't. I just, I guess I prefer using my finger. Like I have more control and that has ruined my nail because of it, but that's okay.
1: That is a problem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I even thought of a lot of fingerstyle players, of course, have fake nails because they want like a, a pick that's not a pick that they slide onto the fingers. They want it to be part of their fingernail. And Rod DC is a, a classic example. We used to call him the claw because <laughs> his fake nails were so big. I mean, he was almost lethal, but the, I, I agree with you playing. Cause I like to strum with just my, my fingers, although I'm fairly adept at, at using a, a flat pick as well. But the problem with strumming with your fingers is it wears the fingernails down. So I had thought about, gosh, ping pong balls, fake nails. But the problem with all those is you have to take them off. You have to reglue them as your nail grows out. It seems like a lot of work to me.
2: Yeah. I I've never been one for like fake nails or anything. I, but yeah, I just use like my natural nail and it definitely has worn it down. It doesn't really grow normally anymore, but that's fine. Um, I don't care. As long as it sounds fine.
1: (laughs) Everything for art, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Now, you said that you like to perform kind of more uh, pop folk or pop rock. Yeah. That's your genre.
2: Yeah, I, I, a lot of, I guess uh, my voice, like, blends a few different genres. I can really do, like, a bunch, I kind of blend different genres. I would, I would primarily say I'm, like, pop folk, typically, but, like, I mean, I've written a few country songs, I've written a few R&B songs, like, I really, it depends on the song and what i want to do with it but primarily i guess yeah i write pop folk
1: well many female vocalists who can belt tend to be blues singers yes is that That's something true. you enjoy or not really
2: I kind of i like i like kind of blending like a bluesier sound into the song with like a mix of like a main kind of pop part and that's a lot of fun for me. I really do like blending different genres to create kind of like a unique sound.
1: Now, does anyone tell you you sound like someone when you yeah.
2: say? <laughs> yeah, I get Adele a lot. Like, I get that one a lot. I, I've had like, oh gosh, I forget the singer. Um, Someone, a few people have told me, I think she's an older like belt pop singer. I forget who she is. And I've gotten like Adele is my most frequent one. I get that one a lot.
1: Was the, uh, the older singer Bonnie Rayett by chance?
2: I think it was. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I was listening to, and I don't, I'm not familiar with a ton of Bonnie Rayett songs, but I was listening to nostalgia before we got on the phone. And then while we were playing it to, to open the show. And I'm thinking if my memory serves me right, she sounds a lot, like Bonnie Raitt in many of the, the lines of the song, not so much when you do your falsetto and stuff, but when you're actually singing the, you know, the lines. Yeah. And she's made a pretty darn good career out of music. So.
2: Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Now when you sing, you do little trill things. Is that, is that natural or do you do it because you heard someone else do it and you like the sound of it? So you kind of put them in there?
2: I guess it's kind of natural. I don't think about it a lot. So I guess I just kind of do it naturally. Um, It depends. I guess the way I sing a song depends on like the style of song. It is, but I do a lot of runs and trills like naturally for fun, keeps it exciting for me. And I've always liked to do that style.
1: Now in your songwriting, what is the process Mm -hmm. like for you? How do you come up with ideas is it something that you come up with the idea in your head while you're doing other things, maybe driving or mowing the lawn or going shopping? Or is it something where you sit down with pen and paper or on the computer? Because many people actually write using the keyboard. Mm-hmm. The, um, how do you go about writing songs?
2: It truly depends on the song i have like a lot of different kinds of things it's the worst one is when the idea comes to me while i'm like falling asleep or in the shower or somewhere where i don't have my phone that's the worst so i have to like sing it over and over and over again usually an idea will pop into my brain while i'm doing something random through the day either whether it be a melody or a lyric and i'll have to go find somewhere quiet I write with my phone. Like basically I use voice memos and I record like whatever idea I have. And then I use my notes app on my phone and I write down the lyrics. And then, but sometimes I do just sit and I'm like, I want to write a song. What do I want to write about? And then I'll get what I want to get out. But sometimes a lot of the times it is just like a random idea. And then I'm like, Oh, I have to stop whatever I'm doing, especially if I like the idea and then go write it down. And then I just sit with my guitar and I either, lyrics and melody, that's like a common question. It's like, whether you write lyrics or melody first, I kind of write them both at the same time. Like, they kind of go together for me. Like, if I'm writing lyrics, I kind of have to have an idea of what I want the melody to be so I can get like the cadence and the rhythm properly. So, yeah, I just kind of sit with whatever instrument, typically guitar, and I try and write whatever I can think of at the time. And then sometimes I'll sit on it and come back to it.
1: Now, does the chord progression and the way you play the progression help you or hinder you when you're writing?
2: It helps me, I think. I, whatever, I try to like fit what I want the chord progression to be with like the mood of the song. So if it's, I know it's going to be a little bit sadder or slower of a song, maybe I'll do like a finger pick pattern with like a minor key. And then if I want it to be like happier, like sassier. I'll do more of like a, like a major, but like with a twist. So I, I think the way I do play, it helps me kind of come up with the lyrics I want to match to the melody.
1: Well, you're known for playing an acoustic guitar when you perform. Yes. Do you have an electric guitar? And if you do, do you actually use it?
2: I want one so badly. I don't have one. I do want to try one. I've never played electric guitar in my life. I really would like to see, if i could play it and like i i really want one i just i'm i'm kind of I'm like obsessed with acoustic guitars and every time i'm like oh i should get an electric guitar i end up buying another acoustic guitar but i do want one
1: well the i mean they play the same within reason you can play the same yeah. chords you can strum them the same way that i i i find that it just doesn't fit my style basically that's why i'm an acoustic player and you may find the same thing Although I know quite a few performers who do own an electric guitar and when they go into the recording studio and you're listening to the tracks and you go, well, who'd you have for an electric guitar player? And they'll say, well, that was me because they'll, they'll, they'll use it as an accent kind of a background maybe for a little chucka chucker or something like that. So yeah, you might find it be, to be fun.
2: Yeah. I think it would be really nice to have like, especially when I'm in my basement studio to have like, I I wanted a song with like a little bit of like a, like you said, like an accent on it, that would be really cool to have. So I do want one for that. I don't think I'd play it live though.
1: Well, when is your birthday?
2: July 26th.
1: Ooh, it's coming up.
2: (laughs) I know. (laughs) You
1: know, maybe just drop a few hints to dad.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or or just, you know, just do it like the way women are supposed to do it with men is drop hints so that guys think two or three days later, it's their idea
2: exactly i'll just i'll just yeah i'll put it in his ear and then maybe he'll come through and get one
1: (laughs) so where do you well let me backtrack a little bit because you went to rock school with jamie Mm -hmm. and jamie's wonderful by the way i've known her for yeah she's great 15 years or so she kind of disappeared there for a while because she was so busy with rock school i thought she maybe moved away and then all of a sudden about a year and a half ago she popped up and i saw her name and then uh, she and I kind of re- reconnected last summer. And I'm so happy because what a, what a wonderful person she is.
2: Yeah, she's great. I, I miss her a lot. I haven't talked to her in a while. But I think I'm supposed to open. She is an artist that she wanted me to open for locally in August. I don't know if that's still going to happen because of the virus. But I hope that still happens because I would love to see her.
1: Well, that brings up the virus. And yes. as we know, live music as we knew it is gone. Mm-hmm. I did get an email from a an artist out of Virginia who used to be from the D.C. area now, and I don't know how far. I think she's down near Fredericksburg. And her email update, somehow I'm on her email list. She said, I'm playing live this weekend. Come out and see me. Or maybe it was two weeks from now. And it's both of them are breweries, and it says outdoor seating. So maybe different, maybe, maybe things will begin to lighten up sometime soon. When I say sometime soon gosh, it could be two weeks. It could be two months. It could be three yeah. or four months. So, but. yeah,
2: it's pretty wild right now. I, I was supposed to have a show in Virginia or now in West Virginia at the end of March. And then since I was indoor, that got canceled. And then i was supposed to have shows through the summer. And then now those are getting canceled, which I figured was going to happen. So I'm not too bummed about it, but I do miss it. I think I'm supposed to have an outdoor show kind of like for the 4th of July. So I'm kind of waiting on news to see if that's still going to happen, if they're just going to social distance outside or what's happening. But I do, I really do miss shows, especially in the summer. Cause that's when I always had like a long list of shows happening. So now it's just kind of like, ah.
1: Well, many of the local performers have done either live concerts on Facebook. And I say live concerts it could be just a half an hour's worth of songs.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: others ken demith who lives in myersville now he does something and he puts it up on youtube because he can't have people come over anymore so what he does and it's i will try to remember to send you a link to it the um he does a video where he he'll introduce himself like 10 years ago and it's kind of a split screen but it almost looks like they're sitting next to each other and they converse back and forth. Have you decided to, or have you done any live video things during this time period?
2: I did one at the beginning, like towards the end of March, I ended up doing a live stream on Instagram um, for like an hour, I think. And that was fun. It just wasn't like the same feeling. I'm going to end up doing more probably But, like, it wasn't – to me, at least, it wasn't, like, as fun as doing, like, a show live because you don't really get the audience feedback or, like, the same interaction. Like, you get the comments and stuff, but, like, it's not the same. And so I haven't really done one in a while. I've just kind of been writing and, like, recording. And I'm actually starting an online class this weekend for college. So I'm doing that, too, while I can't really leave my house. But, yeah.
1: Well, you graduated from Middletown High School this past spring or this current spring, I guess, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. In 2019. So like a year ago. Yeah.
1: Yes. So have you been going to school during this this calendar year?
2: Yeah, it's been I've had quite a freshman year of college because it started off with me breaking my foot, not being able to walk. So I was in a boot all around campus and then I got my sinus surgery and then the pandemic hit. So it's been quite a journey freshman year. Um, I couldn't be happier that I chose FCC right now because I see a lot of my friends going to four years and they're like absolutely miserable right now because they had to be taken off campus. And like it was really abrupt. And but no, I I went to FCC. I'm um, taking I took full time classes all year. And it ended well, I, I have 4.0, so I'm happy and I'm, can't, I'm ex- kind of nervous to see what next year brings with Corona and what will happen with in-person classes, but I've kind of adapted to the online, I always kind of took one online class anyway, so it wasn't like a huge change for me at least, so I'm, and I'm an independent learner as it is, so I just kind of, I, I adapted and I think I'll be okay.
1: Now, when you decided to go to FCC, what what was the career path or the education path that you wanted to pursue to get a degree in?
2: Well, that was kind of one of the reasons why I chose FCC, because I didn't really know. Because I originally, I got a really, really generous scholarship to go to the College of St. Rose in Albany, New York for music industry, a, um, a degree in music industry. And I thought about it. I had a bad gut feeling but I didn't want to go away quite yet. And I didn't know if I did want to do like a degree in music, or if I wanted to do something else. And so I went to FCC for the first year, I'm going to stay there again for my sophomore year and then transfer. But I I'm starting to think I want to major in math, which is kind of surprising. Um, I really I've always been really good at math. And I like math a lot. And I, I've, um, I took statistics and I really, really like statistics. So I kind of wanted to go that route for like the degree, but I still am doing music stuff. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, if you follow the the math path, it sounds like a, but anyway, math path, (laughs) the, uh, it it gets stuck in my mouth. I think if I said it too fast, (laughs) if you went the route of a math major, what is the end? What are you going for to to be an educator or to be an engineer or a statistician?
2: Yeah, yeah, more along the lines of like statistician, data analysis, that type of route. I'm trying to like take classes in like computer science and statistics and things that'll like help me with that. But yeah, I'm I'm still I'm kind of seeing where if I even want to really go with the math route, I'm. I'm taking calculus over the summer. So that should be fun. And I'm seeing kind of, if I really, really like it, and it's something I want to do. And if I, if it is, and I keep doing well in it, then yeah, that's probably the path I'll take.
1: Well, speaking with many older musicians, one of the things they say is I'm so glad that I got a degree in whatever it was, education Mm -hmm. or engineering. They're, very active musicians, but they say the reason they're so happy they finished their degree work was it was either their fallback or their main source of income so they could afford to play music.
2: Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of how I feel. I'm like, I love music. And like, if the opportunity arose, if I had a crazy opportunity to be on like a show or like get signed, obviously I would do it. But at the same time, I am a very, I like stability. I like feeling like I'm not stressed all the time of like where I'm gonna like get money or what's gonna happen and like with music it's great and I love it like more than anything but it's not guaranteed that like I would get to the point I would want to get to like even if I work tireless tirelessly for it so it's just kind of like I like to have that fallback and if the fallback is math then that's super great and um, yeah, I would go down that path, so I would be able to pay for the studio equipment I want or to go travel in the summer and do those.
1: Well, you mentioned that you're you're interested in learning more about the the production side of music. Mm-hmm. Since you already do engineer yourself, that might be a nice way to almost dual major or at least major maybe major in math and st- you know statistics and take courses in in audio production. So that you could kind of do all three
2: yeah I like it I'm lucky that FCC actually has kind of like an audio production so it's like a certificate but they have classes that they offer for it and I I'm kind of taking advantage of that too I'm kind of like taking as many classes as I can because I actually really love learning and like especially things I'm interested in I'm trying to like load up my schedule so I'm like learning I'm taking the audio production class and then maybe squeeze one more in that would be really awesome and then i know i'm looking to transfer possibly to umbc after my sophomore and they also kind of have like a music technology thing so that would be really nice maybe i could minor in it who knows
1: now if you and end up choosing music as your career path Mm -hmm. how do you see your career path what would be the the end um would it be as strictly as a performer or as an um audio engineer or a combination there of both if the math, yeah. if the math, you know, the regular degree went out the window.
2: Yeah. Um, I uh, I have really big dreams when it comes to music. So in my mind I would be like a singer songwriter, like big time. That's ultimately my goal. Um, but I also, if I could record my own stuff and get into the studio more, that would also be really awesome. But yeah, I think primarily I would want to be a performer singer songwriter just doing what i love
1: now do you enjoy traveling
2: i do i love traveling um i haven't traveled super duper far yet i would love to like go across seas but i i've been up and down the east coast and a little farther out so
1: well maybe a a a cool way of learning or just helping to decide which career path to take Is to to take part of the summer once it gets back to regular (laughs) life, and set up a little mini tour down the East Coast or something to get an idea for the musical travel and the downtime and you know getting from point A to point B to C to D to whatever, and um, and then you can make the choice because that would be a fun addition to a, a year's worth of studying.
2: Oh yeah, I remember last year after I went to so last summer I went to a camp in nashville and for nsai and my parents on like the way home they were talking about like next summer you should do like a tour like like maybe like like a few states like up and down the east coast you should like set up like gigs where you could like travel and i was actually like thinking about doing that i hadn't thought about it much but you said made me remember it but now of course this summer no but maybe next summer
1: now you just mentioned nashville did, yeah. Don't I remember you recording in Nashville?
2: No, I wish I did. Um I didn't record down there. Um I went to this advanced song camp through NSAI National Songwriters Association International and it um it was in Nashville and we did like there was a few like guest people who came in. And it was kind of like a summer camp thing a bunch of musicians from like all across the country came in and they were all really, really talented. And then we had like co-writing sessions. And like, um, we met a few people, we had like mentor sessions. We played at Douglas corner, Cafe, which was a lot of fun. We did a writer's round there. And then I did a few open mics down there, but I didn't get in the studio, unfortunately.
1: Well, what was the best part of being down there at that camp?
2: Honestly, meeting such talented people. Like I had so much fun. Like, Networking and getting to know people. At first, I was so nervous because I was—it was over my birthday, so I was still 17 on the first day. And I remember like kind of like making my mom like stay with me through the breakfast part because I was like terrified because I'd never done something like that before. And then honestly, by the end of camp, I felt it taught me a lot about myself and like how I don't have to be so anxious about like social things like that. And then I ended up just becoming a lot more independent. And it was a lot of fun meeting the people they were all they came from all different places and backgrounds and musical backgrounds, and they were so talented. I actually co-wrote recently with my friend Daniel from that camp. He's so talented. um he just released a video for his song obsessive," and it's really awesome, like he's really really good and we wrote a song over Facetime in quarantine, and it was really fun.
1: Well, maybe you can uh send me an email and let me know his his link to that? Has it been, yeah. has he produced it yet? So it's, I could listen yeah, to it. It's,
2: yeah. It's out. Um, he released a few songs, but his video was out on YouTube. I watched it when it came out and it really, really well done. Uh, I'll definitely have to link you to that.
1: Now, when you say you co-wrote with him, what, what mm-hmm. was the process like?
2: Yeah, it was really nerve wracking for me. Cause I'd never co-written like professionally before like I did it at camp but that was in like a large group like five people you typically don't write with that many people so I was really nervous especially because it was over FaceTime and but it ended up going really well I had fun we kind of just talked for like the first 30 minutes we really like we got to know each other a little at camp but it was we didn't have a whole lot of time but so we talked a little bit what we wanted to write about Um, I actually had an idea coming into it. I had started like two days before and I really wanted someone else's ears on it. So he ended up, we ended up kind of just like, he heard the first part of it and then we kind of finished it together and we finished it within like two hours. So that's pretty good.
1: That is very good. Yeah. (laughs) Since many of us take many months and sometimes years to finish a song. Yeah. (laughs) Now, how did one of you take the lead or did it go back and forth?
2: It kind of went back and forth like he knew it was my first time writing so he asked me if I or writing co-writing like that so he asked me if I wanted to kind of like uh have like give him an idea or if he wanted to start it I kind of had the idea so we kind of went with that we both were kind of we liked the song he liked the song so we kind of progressed with that he would like think of something I would think of something we we really just collaborated and we used, we literally just used notes app and voice memos and we ended up finishing it.
1: Now in the final production, do you actually sing on it or play on it or is it all him?
2: um uh, We haven't like actually recorded it, recorded it yet. I really want to, he wants me to come down to Nashville and record it with him. Unfortunately, now I cannot do that and... Um, but yeah, it's right now it's me, but I would love to make it a duet of some sort cause he's got a really, really awesome voice. So it would be really nice to have both of us on it. But right now it's me singing it.
1: Okay. Now would he be, uh, like the singer who comes in during the chorus or the bridge or the harmony singer? How do you see that working?
2: I feel like maybe kind of like a harmony on like the chorus and like maybe he takes a verse, I take a verse, that type of thing. I think that would sound really good on it. Yeah.
1: Now, if you never got interested in music other than maybe just listening and watching, you know, the the American Idol type shows, mm-hmm. what do you think your life would be like now without the music?
2: Oh gosh, um, not as good. Um, I feel like, Well, music, I've always like struggled with like a lot of health issues and like mental health issues. So like without music, I would not be anywhere close to where I am. I think I would have taken more of like an academic route um, because I always did really good in school. I do like school. Um, I actually was I tested in in elementary school. I did a test to see for the Johns Hopkins Talented Youth Program, and I ended up getting in in math. So like, I probably would have just kind of done more like academic stuff, but I, I'm glad I have music. I love it more than anything. I, I can't really imagine my life without it.
1: And your, your younger sister is mm-hmm. also a singer. Have you gotten her into playing? Well, I think she plays ukulele, doesn't she? If I remember correctly.
2: Yeah. She's like, she's crazy. Cause she, she's so talented. She kind of watched me play guitar and piano she picked up like keyboard pretty quick she um started when she was like seven and she kind of just plays for fun she but she actually is pretty good and can is learning to play different songs she refuses to write with me which makes me really sad um but she does do duets with me sometimes and yeah she plays ukulele she's self-taught herself ukulele which is really awesome and I think she can play a few chords on guitar. I'm waiting to see if she really wants to learn guitar and then I'll have to teach her.
1: Now, why does she not want to write songs with you?
2: I don't know. <laughs> she she like she'll sing with me. It, it's sometimes hard to convince her to sing with me too, which I don't I, I don't know, but she she sings with me sometimes. She doesn't really want to write right now. I don't know. I guess she doesn't feel like she has much to say or like she feels like that she doesn't know how to do it. But she's she used to write songs when she was really little, and they they were actually decent. So I don't know why. But
1: well, you can pass along to her from me that the few times I've heard her sing, I think she should make it part of her life. If not necessarily, if she doesn't want to make it the focal point of her life, that's fine. But she's talented enough; she can kind of follow in your footsteps. And I don't mean following your footsteps so that people always compare her to you. That's not what I meant. Yeah. But just the um, she's talented enough that she could make it part of her life.
2: I Yeah, thank you. I will definitely pass it on to her. I totally agree. I think she's like so talented for her age. And like I'd love to see her. I always joke that like she should go on America's Got Talent. But like I'm kind of (laughs) serious. Like I'd love to see her on something like that. But I don't. Yeah, I, I I want her. I know she loves music and but she's so young. I guess we'll see where it goes.
1: Well, maybe you could get write a song where it's almost like a conversation back and forth. Maybe it could be a song where you're talking to your younger self and she's the younger self singing back yeah. and forth.
2: What's I actually that's funny. I actually wrote a song called Little One. And that's kind of it's not like a conversation, but it kind of it's like me talking to her, but like also me talking to my younger self. I I would love for her to sing on it with me. I think that would like change the whole song. But yeah, that's funny. You said that.
1: Well, I would imagine that your mom and dad would think that was cool.
2: Oh, yeah, they would love it.
1: (laughs) And you're very fortunate. You have very supportive parents from your music, especially with your dad going out and buying guitars. and Oh, know, yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's cool. Your getting interested in music has, has lit a fire in him so that he's part of the music, even though maybe he's not so much the performer, if you know what I mean.
2: Yeah, it's really nice. Cause, so I, I grew up playing basketball, and that was kind of like our thing because he played basketball. And I did it really competitively until like middle school, late middle school, and then I switched over to music. And it's it's great how like much he's become a part of that and like really grown to love the musical journey. And my mom like always loves going to my shows and stuff, and like I really appreciate them like taking the time to like research like the instrument things and what I would need for a studio, and like letting me have one of the rooms in the basement to like make into a studio like that I, that I mean they couldn't be more supportive, so I'll endlessly appreciate that.
1: Well, you mentioned your studio, and I am actually surprised that you produced, especially Nostalgia, but also Honey, and did it, recorded it yourself because it's done very professionally.
2: Thank you. That means a lot because I literally, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. So that means a lot. Thank you.
1: You know, it, it sounds great. If you had your own production company, or, your, or maybe you already have a name for your label. Have you thought of that?
2: No, (laughs) my dad is like jokingly been like, you should like make your production company. And I'm like, "Ah, I don't have the expertise for that whatsoever. But yeah, I've no, I have no idea what I would call that.
1: Well, it's, it's actually, many of us have it like mine is wispy mop music. And it's just because at the time, gosh, I'm talking about 18, 15 or 18 years ago, everybody seemed to be starting their own label or having yeah. coming up with his names. And I thought, well, gosh, I guess I should do that. And I kept trying to come up with a name. And my younger, younger son, who's now, gosh, he's, what is he? 31, 32. He said, dad, you know, this is totally unrelated to music. He said, you know, your hair on a windy day looks like a wispy mop. <laughs> and so when I started thinking of names, that's the name that came out. So you may find that you decide to call your music company, even if it's just you. It doesn't go anywhere, come up with a, yeah. a neat name. So, well, you have a new, neat name. How did you come up with Sammy J and not using your full name?
2: Um, it's funny, actually. I was in fifth grade and I was running for president of the school. And I my fifth grade teacher always called me Sammy J. He was like the first one to kind of start calling me that. And then my friends started calling me that. And so I ended up winning that election. So I was known now as Sammy J. And then so I kind of just like took that and was like, you know, that would be a really cool stage name because I always had like, this is funny, I always used to like, I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. So I always had like a stage name as a kid. It was Amy Brooke when I was very little. I don't know why, but that's the one I was like, when I was little, I would like pretend to perform and that was like my stage name. But like for this, it was like, I, I thought that it would fit me really well, and I liked how it didn't include my full name, but it was kind of unique because I have a very common name. I mean, it doesn't get more common than Samantha Elizabeth Johnson, so I kind of thought that sounded really cool, and it was super fun, and it had a great story, and I just kind of went with it.
1: Now, I made the mistake of spelling it S-A-M-M-I and then J (laughs) for a long time, and then somebody said to me, Todd, there's an E after the I. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe someone had written it in an email and left off the E by mistake. And that's how I thought it was. And it was a little embarrassing when the, the person said, Todd, you know, you're spelling her name wrong. I am? No, it's Sammy J. He goes, yeah, I know, but it's got an E there. Oh,
2: that's so funny. I get, I get that a lot. It's like, it's, it's always spelled something different, but I, I don't mind. I think it's kind of funny. And then sometimes it's not even Sammy J. Sometimes it's like Sammy Joe and things like that. That's fine. It's funny. It's
1: well, you whatever. know, if you write and record a real old time country song, you can be Sammy Joe.
2: I know. <laughs> that's funny.
1: Well, this has been terrific. I've learned a lot about you and I'm sure you're, your fan's. Have also, And people who don't even know you, and we're in a little bit of a beep because our good friend John Durant is calling in. And my, since this is a phone line, it's picking up a little beep. So (laughs) I'm going to let you go. I hope we can see each other in person sometime in the near future and that we both can get out and perform like we used to do. Whether it's an open mic or a showcase or an actual gig.
2: Yes, that would be amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
1: Oh, you're most welcome. And, and tell your folks and, and little I said, said hello. Okay. All right. Thanks, Sammy.
2: Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye-bye. Well, that was Sammy J and her, you know, discussion about her musical life and her life in general. And what a fun, I say kid, she's, you know, I'm an old guy. She's a kid to me. She could be my granddaughter age. But anyway, let's finish up the show with her song, Honey. Again, this is a song like nostalgia that she recorded in her basement on her little setup into her laptop. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Kiss the sweet like honey, sweet light, like honey My lips just always buzz You kiss the sweet light, like honey, sweet light, like honey sent from heaven above just for me From the day I first met you, I got butterflies The stars twinkle in your eyes so bright You're the universe and you're all mine You whisper dirty things in my ear And all my thoughts just disappear so quickly Time flies by when you're with me Kiss the sweet like honey, sweet like honey, my lips just always buzz You kiss the sweet like honey, sweet like honey, sent from heaven above. You kiss the sweet like honey, sweet like honey, you're all mine no matter what. You kiss the sweet like honey, sweet like honey.
1: The Wispy Mop Music Acoustic Radio Podcast Series is produced by Todd C. Walker at the Wispy Mop Music Studio in Frederick, Maryland. All of the music that's played on the podcast is played by permission from the artist. If you're enjoying the series, please feel free to share the link. com, And Podbean is spelled P-O-D-B-E-A-N. So it's WispyMopMusic.Podbean.com Or you can find the show on either iTunes or iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening.
0: Sweet like honey, sweet like honey Sent from heaven